welcome to episode bloop, 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 bloop. Not exactly sure when this episode is going to come out, but I'm very pleased to have Sean Hayworth back again. Uh, hi, Sean. How's it going? Go, going well. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I think that considering the number of times you've been on the show, you can uh, probably introduce yourself in future. Um, I, I, I'm doing okay. Good. You can see that I've got uh, all these five-star reviews from mosquitoes all over my face. Um, <laughs> That uh, says uh, it's delicious. Eat here. Um, uh, it's crazy, diabolical. I hate summer. I hate outside. Actually, is what it is. But yeah, but, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much the worst place in the world. Is out <laughs> in the world. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately, that's where your job makes you be all the time, isn't it? That outside. is true. Mind you, is it pretty dry where you are, so you don't get too many mosquito problems? Uh, well, no. Well, yes and no. Uh, it does get really, really dry in the summers, uh, but uh, since we work in in agriculture, uh, we work where all the water is because uh, because right. they suck it out of the ground and put it supposed to be, which is in rice fields. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> and accumulates in little little puddles, and the and mosquitoes grow, and then go, oh yeah, mm, delicious. I, yeah, mm. uh, do you, do you get bitten? Uh, yes, yes, not not terribly uh right. i am not nearly as attractive to mosquitoes as my lovely wife i was uh, gonna or, say yeah yeah that's the thing i haven't managed to get to the bottom of uh of what it is because i know the very best insect repellent you can get or mosquito repellent you can get is to have me standing next to you because um, <laughs> they're like hey this guy's way yeah. better yeah i look at the reviews all over them um yeah, and my skin sort of reacts to it too, not quite as badly as it used to when I was a child, but unfortunately my daughter suffers from it badly. Like she gets, she swells up like she's been bitten by a, uh, like she's been stung by a bee sometimes. Oh, wow. But it's, uh, it's weird, yeah, super red and hot and yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so we uh, had a, um, a bit of a talk before the show started today and we thought about some things that we might be able to uh, do in a, in a, a fashion that might make it so we weren't talking about something that had already happened or well, yeah, I suppose the world could have ended by the time uh, we get to this episode. But anyway, so we thought the first thing we might uh, talk about was uh, taking a film and then uh, making it into a game. Obviously, we're not going to choose the Mar any Marvel films because there's already a game for that, although it was terminated, right? They terminated uh, with extreme prejudice. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know the full full story. I only know what I, what I saw on Twitter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it looks like, it looks like they dropped the license and as such have dropped the entire game line, which is a shame because it's a really cool game. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, fortunately with RPGs, just cause they're no longer made doesn't mean we don't have access to them anymore. No, sure. Sure. I wonder what the thinking is behind, um, like what it requires for a game to be successful. Um, is it a case of we've got these resources and we don't want to use them for this anymore, even though they're making money because we think we can get more money out of this resource? Or because because Margaret Weiss bought the license, right? And then um, right, and then they made the games, then they stopped making the game. Um, is it Margaret Weiss's choice to stop making the game, or do they just say no, we're not re-upping your license? Sorry, uh, I think it's probably more of the latter. I know, uh, I know only from hearsay. So, uh, yeah. Cause I haven't like done any real research into it. And, uh, right. you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff that, that I've seen pop up. Um, mm. but, but I imagine that, that there was some, some clause in the contract that was basically like, you know, if they were pulled, you know, decide to, to pull the license, uh, they can, they can do so and just be like, all right, stop, stop making stuff. 
which is which is a shame. Uh, but I that that seems like uh, that seems like just one of the perils of working with a licensed property. Yeah, uh, but I mean, know. what would be the thing? Though? I mean, like, did they did Marvel go, um, or would a licensor go? We want somebody else to make this game. I mean, hmm. I mean, if the hobby's not that big, like, it's not like you're tarnishing our name by making a role playing game. Or did somebody come in that decide that role playing games were evil and then said, "Nope, we're not getting, we're not touching that." I doubt that 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 would be the issue. Um, because Disney owns Marvel, right? Disney does own Marvel, um, and, and I imagine all the all the the licensing. It's probably that you know, anytime that you have to deal with uh, you know with with licensing and and dealing with third parties, you know, having any kind of 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 uh, uh, interest in in your property, uh, you know, it, it's it's easy to to look at it and be like, well, the game was selling; it was popular, uh, which it was. I, I it it was doing very well, I imagine, for for a role playing game. Mm. Uh, mm. Where, and I I think that that may be part of it is it was doing well for a role playing game, right? Right. Um, but also that means uh, that you have to have you know lawyers time build for dealing with something that is really a niche market. Uh, and no. even you know a very successful role playing game isn't anything like a very successful board game or like a very su- successful video game. Right. Uh, it's 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 a niche market of a niche market. Uh, so. Right. Yeah, I hadn't sort of considered what overheads there would be involved with admin because that's what it'd be just like administering the product, right? Because it seems like I say unlikely that somebody would be suddenly offering more money for the Marvel license. And so, I mean, it's got to be something like that, right? Like, you know, we just, the time it takes for us to administer this account is just not worth it. We'd rather use our, it's not even the cost of the lawyer um, per se. It's the fact that that lawyer, oh, I mean, if that is in fact the case, it could be used elsewhere, right? Right, right, exactly. Like, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I can guarantee there was probably nothing nefarious going on. It wasn't like super super greedy corporation doing mm. doing something evil or anything it was probably just a straight up business decision if mm. if the thing that you're uh that you're putting resources into uh isn't isn't paying for itself or or mm. or meeting your projected goals then sometimes it's just easier to drop it i mm. mean i i i had a job once where they uh they didn't meet they didn't meet their financial goals. Like they were profitable. They just didn't meet their goals. And as right. a result to cut back, they fired a third of their workforce in one day, uh, me included. So, mm. you know, that's, that's just kind of how it, how it goes. I don't, I don't think that there's, uh, there's blame to be put on really. Yeah, no, I'm side. not, just, uh, yeah, I'm not sort of, I'm not angry about it or disappointed. I mean, uh, Cam Banks wrote about it because I guess he was, I'm not exactly sure what his official position was, but he definitely worked on it. Um, um, and because it, it only came out like a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And they had, they had a really uh, uh, ambitious production schedule with it too. They were supposed to be like 16 books or something like that put out in the year. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So. And how many did they put out? Did you follow it? Uh, I barely followed it i i have the the basic book with the uh with the breakout scenario in it um, right. and i know that they got out uh 
they had the basic book without the without the scenario, the basic book with the scenario, uh, and then the Civil War. Uh, there there may have been more. I didn't really follow it closely. I just picked up the, right. the one book to, to kind of pour through it a little bit. Right. And uh, right. I, I still haven't even gotten a chance to run it or play it. Right. Uh, it looks interesting, and they're going to get my money for Firefly. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. Without me even thinking about it. Right. So, and what's the system it's going to be based on? Uh, it, it's it's uh, they're going to be using the Cortex Plus system. It's I don't Cortex know Plus for all of it. Yeah. yeah uh, I don't know like what kind of modifications they're making to mm. to it for for the license. But uh, right. I I was not charitable uh, with my with my opinion of their uh, Serenity game. Right. Um, but yes, I remember you saying yeah. Yeah, uh, but they're they're like Marvel. The the rule set looks really good, and if they use anything even close to that for for Serenity, I think it'll be uh, an amazing, uh, amazing and fun game. Yeah, um, that's the that's the thing that Meg Baker and I were talking about on a previous episode was the um, the game companies um, will use their particular engine for running a, running a game right and i wonder whether um like i'm obviously margaret weiss production is far more um successful than i'm ever likely to be but at the same time i wonder whether when it gets to be that sort of size there's not even any thought about um making a system to match the type of game that you want to play kind of you, you kind of shoehorn your game um setting and so forth um, you sh- you, sorry, you, you shoot on your system into the setting, um, rather than rather than um, devising a system which will support the setting and support the type of game that you uh, that you want to play. How do you feel about that? Uh, I th- I think that's the case in a lot of of situations. Certainly in the past, uh, and sometimes that works out fine. There was uh, back in back in the glory days of TSR, they had uh, the Conan license, so they basically had the Conan RPG that was that was D and D with Conan uh, proper nouns stuck stuck in there, right? Um, right. And and uh, you know, uh, I've I've seen a lot of of you know licensed properties that come out, and uh, you know the 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 Buffy mm. RPG used the same system that uh, All Flesh Must Be Eaten. Did right. which was a pretty much standard like tactical. Right. Uh, I, I think it had some some narrative bits in there to to, to try and and emulate the show a little bit. Uh, sure, you know the smart designers will will sort of take their core and then build it up to mm. to do it. Uh, right. I think some things work better than others. Uh, I think uh, I think Margaret Weiss is is like is the company to look at. Uh, when when you're like, hey, they deal with licensed properties, and uh, they've done a very good job of taking uh, taking their core system when it came to Cortex Plus and and tweaking it and modifying it to uh, to match the genre uh, right. and and style of what they were doing. Uh, sure. I've heard nothing but good things about Leverage and uh, their Smallville RPGs. Mm, yes, uh, true, true. Which is the same basic system, but in very different ways to, to produce very different results. Marvel's the same way. Right. I can only assume that they're going to do that with Firefly. Right. Uh, so what do you reckon they're going to do with Firefly? Do you think it'll be like screen captures and stuff from the from the series, or do you think they'll issue... Because um, for myself, um, I don't... 
generally enjoy seeing when there are games based on actual um, like live action productions. I don't actually don't appreciate that art as much as I enjoy a more abstract sort of drawn uh, versions. How do you feel about that? Like what's in, well, first of all, what's in Marvel, and then how do you feel about it? Uh, Marvel, as far as I can tell, they used uh, they used assets granted to them by by Marvel Comics. Comics. Right. Uh, all of all of the art. Uh, I mean, the layout is is their own, but it seems like the art assets were were straight out of the comic books. Uh, out of the comic books, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I think that's that's kind of the way to go mm. uh, with with the with the live action. Um, the the Serenity game used uh, a lot of of uh, contracted art, um, right. like free freelance art, uh, right. and and. Like like most stuff with that game, I was not particularly impressed with it. But mm. that's that's purely subjective. I, I think sure. I think you can make some pretty pretty good arguments about the system, but, mm. but the art was mostly just just not my thing. Uh, right. And then they use use some stills with the new game. I would expect that they were going to use that they were going to use screenshots, and I would not be surprised if they were like just just play the characters from the show. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't. I think for me. I don't like the idea of stills, probably because a still leaves nothing to the imagination. Every single line, every single detail, every single contour is there, um, you know, in black and white, you know, whether it's color or not. What I mean is that there's no room for interpretation. There is no subtle variation. Look, that's the way it should be right there. And there's no, it's almost a, it's almost a template for, you know, what you should see. Whereas drawn things, um, I find a more, I find much more compelling. Uh, I can, I can, I can, I can get behind you when it comes to non-licensed stuff. Uh, hmm. I, th I think when you're dealing with with a particular, like a, a particular setting that somebody else came up with, uh, right. you know, you're you're already dealing with the biases of of the people who are, you know, because these things come with their own fan bases. They're expecting to see, see things, you know, in a certain way to, sure. to the point when even like, like you look at star Wars and you look at the prequels and one of the biggest complaints aside from uh, them being stupid was how clean everything looked. Right. Right. Uh, you know, cause, cause when you, when you think star Wars, you, you, you think like the empire stuff is all that gunmetal gray, like, mm very militaristic, you know, Nazi regime looking thing. Sure. Uh, and then, and then the good guys have the, these like pieced together, beaten up, like yeah. with scorch marks all over it. Like it's right, right. And, and it's then, all analog too, right? Like there's no, it doesn't require somebody to paint that stuff on like all of the, all of the wear and tear. It may be um, like created artificially, but because it's real, um, it sort of has, you know, like you know, it's hard for me to put in words, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you when you see uh, when you see the 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 ship from Naboo like being this big, like quicksilver looking shiny thing, mm. like it, it doesn't match your your vision of Star Wars, and that that colors your view. Uh, right. I th I think I think with with a licensed property, uh, you you want. I mean, it's already fan service. You know, right, if you're right. if you're playing Serenity or Firefly the RPG. You're you're already engaging in in, in fan service, and they may right. as well give the fans what they want. What they want to see is, right. you know, Malcolm Reynolds and, and Wash not dead. Sure, uh, but couldn't you draw those guys? Uh, 
you suggest could, the look of him of uh, of Nathan Fillion and just but not put a picture in it? I, I think you could. It wouldn't surprise me if, if they got, uh, you know, there's, there's some like comic act, uh, assets that they could get for that too. Maybe. Mm. Um, uh, which, it works. Yeah, like, could they draw I, their own? Can they get their own artists to draw stuff? They might be able to, but it's probably, it would probably be more economical to just use whatever the studio gives you. Mm. License holder gives you access to, um, right. I've I've heard that Nathan Fillion is a is a role player. I've seen pictures of him. Looks like he's in the midst of role playing. But you know what uh, Joss Whedon's situation is with regards to role playing? I have no idea. I I really don't. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he had. But <clears throat> like everybody knows, he's a nerd, right? Hmm. I mean, he's very clearly that's that's pretty baked into almost everything that that he does. Yes. Uh, so so I think I think it's probably there somewhere. Uh, it just may not be the top of his priorities. Like hmm. it's not like Vin Diesel, who's got you know his D and D character's name tattooed. Hmm. Was it uh, Melchior or something, or Melkor or something? I think so. Yeah. I think so, and I wouldn't make what fun a of useless factoid. Kick my ass. So. <laughs> You can, you can only get away with that stuff if you're Vin Diesel, apparently. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was reading an interesting article today um, about uh, like, are you familiar with the web comic The Oatmeal? Oh yeah, I love The Oatmeal. Yeah, yeah. did you read his thing about Nikolai Tesla? Uh, I I caught it a while back. Uh, I'm. Uh, it's I'm a, literally amazing. It. Um, I'll tell you the story. Uh, it's not role-playing related at all, but we were talking about good nerds and, and geeks and so forth. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about it. Um, yeah, so he's got a thing for hating Thomas Edison, almost as big as his thing for loving Nikolai Tesla. But, um, yeah, so he wrote this bit of it. You can look it up, The Oatmeal, and look up Tesla, and, and you'll find it. But um, apparently his test, uh, yeah, he hates Thomas Edison a lot. Um, and he, uh, yeah, as I say, it's hard for me to know what his greatest motivation is. But anyway, he put together a an Indiegogo for um, buying, uh, what's it called, White Cliff or White... Uh, oh, uh, that's that's right. I did hear something like this, didn't he? Yeah. Trying to set up a like a Tesla museum? Yeah, yeah, he did it. He bought. He actually managed to get people behind him to the point where they raised 1.4 million bucks to buy the, um, to buy the ground where uh, Tesla's... Um, his laboratory is like they've oh, taken nice. down his massive Tesla tower, but um, yeah. And, and just today, actually they called off today's cleanup um, because it was raining. So the 25th of May, th just here, they were actually had a, they had a cleanup for it. So anyway, so um, they bought the, because apparently New York will give, gave him half the money. So 850,000 bucks. So we had to raise 850 and he got 1.4 or thereabouts um, to make this, uh, to buy. So they bought the land and they've got the, um, and they've got the the laboratory, and there's a few photographs from inside and so forth. But now they're trying to get people to um, get people in behind it. But he's sort of, I got to admire him. He's sort of single handedly raising the profile of Nikolai Tesla, and he wants to get all the stuff in there about you know what Tesla did and and so forth. So it's really, if you want to check out a, a, I suppose it's an inspirational story about what one man's hatred for a <laughs> historical figure can, can can really can really do like i say there's maybe a little bit um sorry john inman if you're like uh, is it john inman i think uh, it's somebody other inman yeah. um, if you're listening which seems unlikely 
might, might be James. I'm <laughs> not good sure. for you. I don't care what it was that, that got you. To, yeah, I'm not sure what it was that got you to uh, to do it, but uh, good for you for getting the Tesla Museum. Unfortunately, I, I got to the the party after the Indiegogo had uh, had closed, but I definitely would have got behind it. Um, purely because um, of the like, I heard you heard the the stories about um, about Edison grabbing up the cats and stuff in the neighbourhood to kill them to show how bad. Um, the how bad alternating current was but the worst one was the um was the elephant like right yes like executing the elephant that was really like that mm, i can't get behind that at all anybody that's using that as a as a yeah yeah anyway Ed- edison was 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 well known to be kind of a kind of a dick uh <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i mean he was a, he was a brilliant inventor in his own right uh, but sure, yeah, he had some of his yeah. own. Yeah, it's pretty busy on the patenting front, even for stuff. He's a paint, yeah, the original. He's the OG patent troll. Yeah, um, pretty much. But uh, but yeah, he uh, but yeah, some of the 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 stuff that I've read about Tesla, and then also because Tesla was in that film with uh, was it called was it the Alert? It's two of them, right? There's the Prestige. Was it uh, the Prestige? The Prestige. Yes. Yeah, oh, he was God. he was in that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You're, it's a, you're yeah, talking to a good. magician, so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> movies with magicians, yay. Yeah. Fan service <laughs> once again. That was a so how did you like Burt Wonderstone then? Uh, I have not seen Burt Wonderstone. No, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen it. I haven't heard anything good about it, but <laughs> it's so. But nowadays I just don't even, like, well, not nowadays, forever I've done it, but even more so uh, since the internet became a sort of the font of all quote unquote knowledge. I don't read reviews. I don't read the back of books. I don't watch trailers. I just decide if I'm, if I hear about something, I just decide whether I'm going to go and watch it or not. And unfortunately I managed to hear that Bert Wonderstone wasn't very good, but I still think I'd, I'd see it on the strength of, uh, of liking the people that are in it, right? Cause Steve Buscemi's in it for a start. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, uh, I'd see that. I'll, I'll see pretty much anything. Hmm. Hmm. If if somebody pulls a rabbit out of, out of a hat, I'll be like, okay, I'll watch this. Uh, <laughs> rabbit hat man. That's right. <laughs> All right. So we were going to talk about something role play ish um, here. So uh, what we thought we'd do is we're going to take a look at. Uh, well, you can you can set it up, Sean, because it's your. Uh, yeah, I think you mentioned it in one of the previous interviews we did. Uh, I, I I may have. Uh, so so we were we were. We were talking about uh, taking uh, taking the film Big Trouble in Little China and mm. figuring out how to turn that into a game. Mm. Um, now, 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 let me. Uh, I, I I had some thoughts after I suggested this. Um, <laughs> was one of the thoughts was this is not a good idea? Uh, no, no, no. It's just <laughs> big, like. Like, all right, so so Big Trouble in Little China is kind of a weird movie, right? Mm. Uh, be- 1997? 1986. Uh, six, right? There you go. Yep. And it was John Carpenter's last film that he did for a Hollywood studio. Right. Uh, in, in fact, it was the film that turned him away from, from doing anything for Hollywood again and, and right. just being a, an independent filmmaker. Right. So uh, what did he make prior to that? Uh, oh, man. Uh, 19, was, was it 1984? that the thing came out i'm terrible uh, with dates because everything in new zealand at that point came out like six or seven months afterwards so i'm it's almost certainly though if you don't even have the but yeah okay just the, the thing um, uh yeah the thing uh uh nightmare on elm street was was john carpenter wasn't yeah. it uh, uh i i that was i'm, I'm yeah, i mean sure it's always been so, yeah i mean i think it's probably pretty safe to assume he was behind one of those sort of horror franchises that were popular in the early 80s for sure yeah well i, I knew it was i knew he did the, the nightmare on elm street series i just wasn't sure when when the mm. first one came out mm. um 
he's I, Carpenter's done a lot of stuff. Hmm. Uh, I I wish I I could say that I had seen more of it because the stuff I have seen, uh, I, th- I think John Carpenter is absolutely brilliant. I think right. he's horribly underrated as a, as a director because he directs uh, he directs things that people automatically put in the in the cult movie. Right. Like part of By their default, brain. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and don't actually examine what he's doing. Cause he does mm. very, very good, uh, good work. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he does John Carpenter films, doesn't he? That's the whole, that's yeah, the, well, yeah, not know. the problem, but that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like if, if you, if you like what John Carpenter does, then obviously you're a fan. If, if yeah. you don't, uh, so, so, uh, big trouble in little China is kind of this, this weird, even, even for him, uh, this mm. weird little thing because yeah, yeah. Uh, the main character isn't the protagonist of the story. He's the no. sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the the there's two protagonists really because Lopan is kind of the protagonist in his own way. Okay, well let's set it up for somebody yeah. that hasn't seen it before. Okay, so um, the 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 main well. I suppose the biggest name would be Kurt Russell, right? Kurt Russell right. plays the, the... Is he a truck driver? I can't... You uh, yes, yes. Right Jack Burton, the truck driver. Uh, right. Driver of the Porkchop Express. Right, uh, right. And, and, he's, and he's basically John Wayne, or channeling John Wayne through... Right, right. Uh, through this this truck driver, and it's hilarious. Yeah, John uh, Wayne and Mum Jeans, if I remember rightly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> uh... Right, so so he he's taking a, a load into San Francisco into Chinatown, mm. and he meets up with his but, buddy uh, buddy uh, Wang. Yeah, uh, there's some sort of an innuendo type name if I remember earlier. <laughs> uh, who's who's uh, getting ready to, to to get married to his his sweetheart from China, who's flying over. Right, right. Uh, and and uh, in 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 the process of of. Uh, of getting, uh, getting the girl and figuring out what's what's going on. Like she's kidnapped at the at the airport, and uh, as a result, the uh, the Jack's truck is is stolen by the uh, by the 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 Tong gang mm. that uh, that also stole the girlfriend. And mm. there's an eight foot tall Chinese freaking demon sorcerer. Yes, uh, and everything kind of goes goes south from there. Right. Okay. So I guess I guess the first thing is, what's the for you? What's the main attraction of the film in the se- in the sense of if I was going to play a game, what do I want to get into? Do I want to get into the craziness of the whole thing in an action sense? Do I want to sort of uh, smarten it up a bit and make it more about uh, uh, Chinese uh, mythology or what do you, what's your, uh, what's your uh, take on it? Where, where do you want to take it? I like I would I would go straight for the uh, the the Hong Kong style martial right. arts action sure. flick. Sure, yes, uh, absolutely. You know that's 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 pretty much what it is. Also, most of the the Chinese mythology in this movie was made up. <laughs> like it, it's, well, it's, I think all mythology is made up. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, yes, by definition, mythology is made up, uh, but. Uh, but I mean, I think I got that hair straight down the middle. <laughs> uh, there's there's some allusions to stuff that happened in real life, uh, right. like the the Tong gangs were an analog of of, uh, of New York Tongs uh, back right. in I think the the 20s or something like that. Sure. Uh, but 
I mean, I mean, really, uh, like none of the monsters, uh, you know, relate to actual Chinese monsters. The three storms were made up for the for the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lo Pan was made up for the film. Egg Shen, the sorcerer. Uh, you know, it, it it has it has the right feel, at least to us Westerners. Right, uh, right, yes. But but I wouldn't I wouldn't try and try and portray it as being accurate. Right, uh, sure. It's like a Chinese food Chinese film, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, I I believe that there are some some better like if you want Chinese mythology, uh, mm. there's there there is are movies out there that will that will do it. This is not it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. So. Uh, so going for a Hong Kong action film sort of, uh, sort of feel, um, would you go ahead and replicate the story? And if so, could you do so with more than, uh, well, two, uh, two or three? I can't, I can't quite remember how, the, how that situation went, but how many guys are there? Uh, the main characters, like the, 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 yes. the party, if you will, the party of, yes. of heroes. Uh, well, let's see. You've got Jack. You've got Wing. Uh, you've got... Uh, Gracie Law, the right. the, the reporter uh, mm-hmm. played by Kim Cattrall. Um, yeah. I cannot remember. Is, is his name George? Uh, I think I think his name is George. He's, he's, yeah, I uh, seem to remember a, a sort of like a stereotypical Chinese accent trying to get its mouth around George. Yeah, uh, and uh, was it was it Gracie's sort of sidekick? Yeah, I remember there being a whole bunch of guys there. Now that you know that you mentioned, yeah, because I've I've seen it twice probably. Uh, okay. once, when it, once when it came out, and then subsequently uh, years years later, I saw it. The most the thing that stuck out in my mind the most about it was the uh, was him catching the beer bottle, like the oh, right the super yep. fast reactions beer bottle thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. This, uh, this 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 sidekick has super fast reactions. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing that, that that makes it weird when I started thinking about this as a, as a game because your your inclination is to put, uh, you know, to put the player, you know, if you had one player, you would make him Jack Burton, right? But, yes. but Jack Burton is not the hero of the movie. He does like two heroic things and then is an idiot for the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. it's just that the story is told from his perspective. Right, right. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, if if it were me, I would keep I would keep the setting, uh, and and I would ditch the uh, the the canon characters uh, altogether. Right? Okay. Yeah, it, it, I mean, you you might want to keep uh, uh, keep Lopan around. Maybe maybe uh, if it were me, I would set it before before the movie actually took place. Right. Right. Uh, you know, in in Chinatown with everything kind of kind of set up because you've already got. Uh, you've got you know good setting elements with uh, with yep. two you know gang wars between the Tongs and yep. and two sorcerers who are clearly older than dirt, uh, yes. you know taking up residence in the city and the three yep. storms and and whatnot. Like I think right. all of that good grist is there. Yes, uh, to 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 play with. Right. Um, Would you make it a one shot? Like could you could you have it run more than uh, more than a session like is there i think you could I, I think you could you could pretty easily just depending on on uh depending on how how locked you are into into canon uh right. i i don't know if i've talked about judd carlman's uh kick a setting in the teeth thing 
Uh, no, I, I not, but I, that doesn't that doesn't sound familiar to me. So go ahead. Okay, so uh, so Jed Carlman, formerly of the uh, the Sons of Kratos podcast, who who's a uh, really really insightful guy when it comes when it comes to gaming. Right. Um, he uh, he was describing this this Burning Wheel game that he he ran. Uh, I think it was Burning Wheel, uh, and he was running it in the the D and D Forgotten Realm setting. Right. Uh, and the the first session that they that they did. Um, they, you know, they walk into a scene and somebody has crucified Elminster, like the, <laughs> the, the biggest, like right. the most well-known character in this entire, in this entire setting, except right. for maybe the dark elf. Uh, right. You know, he, he was like, nope, we're, uh, we're, we're kind of making this ours and, and right. immediately right. killed off a, a, a canon character. Right. Um, and I think when you're dealing with, uh, with a setting that is, somebody else's property like that uh and you're and you're not a company like margaret wise where you know mm. your job is to is to you know hook the fans into buying one more thing right right uh, you know i i think that that's a really good uh sort of way of going about it like making sure that uh that you are not locked down to the stuff that has happened in the movies right. or the books or the or the series or or whatever it is Right. Uh, you know, you, you here's here's the sandbox, and you get to to go play in it. Mm. Yeah, that's the. Um, I've I've heard that mentioned in another another context, but um, start sort of like start by killing your heroes. You know, like that's the that's the first step, like you say, because you want to try and remove all possible, um, like in the back of people's minds where, well, you know, Elminster is watching out for stuff or, or Fizzban the Fabulous or is working, watching out for stuff. So by doing that, like you say, you know, like you, you, you own it. So in that respect, how does it relate to um, Big Trump and Little China, given that you want to make it a prequel? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I would just, you know, all, all of the, you know, you, you, you kind of set up the dominoes and, uh, and like, uh, you know, this is, this is pretty much my, my perspective on games in general is where you've, you set up a situation, but don't have any solutions. Uh, you know, the, the, the story of the, of, of big trouble in little China is that David Lopan is in charge of, you know, the, the Tong is his foot soldiers. Uh, and he's trying to, to come back from the dead. Uh, so, so everything that he is doing is, is there to facilitate that. Uh, And, and I, I think, uh, I think that that conflict as backdrop, uh, is, is great. Uh, and the natural thing to do is to be like, okay, this is, this is what's going on now, now deal with it. Uh, so if, if your players go and kill David Lopan while he's, you know, performing some ritual to, to return himself to his body, then, right. then awesome. Like that's, that's good. You right, right. Yeah, there's no it. need for you to go on and, and have the film be part of it. Right. Right. Exactly. Nice. Uh, and so how, how would you, uh, so how would you play that? What would would you use? What system would you use? Would you come up with your own? What's going to encourage that the most? I I am not sure. I would come up with one on my own. Uh, I would probably my uh, when we suggested this. My first my first reaction was to to use something like uh, like inspectors, um, right? Because I, I don't have you played inspectors or any of uh, Jared's games, Jared Sorensen. Uh, no, no, I haven't played Inspector. Uh, you spoke about, um, 
uh, can't remember now. Like, did you speak about that before? Perhaps was somebody else talking about Jared Sorensen's games? Uh, uh, it was, you know, it go was ahead. probably me. Uh, his, uh, I don't. Uh, it, I don't know if it's if it's still part of of the stuff he's designing mm. now. Uh, but uh, but but one of his big contributions was that uh, in in a lot of his games you don't roll for success or failure. Uh, you when you pick up the dice and roll, you're determining who gets to narrate what happens in the scene. Uh, right. So so you try something, you roll and. You know, if you if you get a really good dice roll, you just get to narrate whatever whatever happens willy nilly. Uh, and then there's there's varying degrees of like you get to narrate, but the GM adds something, or the GM gets to narrate, but you get to add something, or the GM right. just gets to hose you. Um, right, right. And and something like that would uh, would work really well because uh, because you're not super bound by things like stats. Or, uh, I mean, he, he uses them to an extent, uh, but, but really, uh, really it's just about, you know, who, you know, how well did you, did you roll and who gets, uh, who gets to determine the outcome. Um, and and I feel like that would work well for, for, you know, high flying, you know, somewhat comedic, uh, uh, Kung Fu action. Yeah, uh, but I think it would work equally well as a as a, a fake core game. I think it would be a little more serious, uh, yes. but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but not much. No, no. I think the whole uh, scenario should should be um, it should have that that levity to it. And here's a question though about games that are uh, that are I don't want to say intentionally funny, but the source material um, suggests a comedic um, treatment. Um, can they last more than a few sessions? And if not, why is it that comedy is um, has only you can only you can only take so much comedy? And then the third layer on top of that question um, is well, there's a comment on that idea, which is that I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, Arrested Development. They're letting it go on on Sunday night at midnight. I don't know if that means tonight at midnight or whether that means um, tomorrow at midnight or um, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Anyway, one of the things that was said about it is don't go ahead and watch all of the previous series in an attempt to catch up, so to speak, because the more you watch comedy, the less funny it is. And then equally, don't burn through all fifteen episodes and uh, overnight because again, you'll run into that same same issue. So there you go. You got a, a two tiered question with a comment on the top. Um, I think humor is humor is an interesting thing. Uh, I I I have burned through a lot of of Arrest Development all at once, and I always think it's funny. Uh, well, well, that's why uh, I'm asking you because, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think you can't make a requirement uh, when it comes to games. You couldn't make a requirement to be funny because it's really hard to be funny on command. Uh, sure. I mean, I mean, television writers get get a whole bunch of extra time to to make sure what they're what they're doing mm. is funny. Um, I think, uh, I think, it, uh, like a comedic you know, quote unquote comedic game can, can go on for a long time. Uh, you know, assuming that you're, you're playing in short sessions for one, once a week before the joke jokes get old, mm. uh, you know, 
humor is is in a lot of ways predicated on on surprise and discomfort. Yes. <laughs> uh, sure, and, yeah. and when you are no longer surprised and the the previously uncomfortable things become comfortable, right, uh, yeah. then then things cease to be funny. But if you if you give yourself some time to relieve that tension and do other right. stuff uh, mm. and then come back to it, you know, you're you're good again. You you can't watch eight episodes of The Office and still think it's you know, still be laughing by the end of it. But you can right. certainly watch two or three you know, leave it for a couple of days, come back, and it's and it's good again. What? Jesus. That's the voice, the dulcet tones of uh, Kristen Hayworth, who you guys will remember from various episodes along the way. But I didn't actually hear what uh, what Kristen said. I, I I didn't hear what she said either because I was too busy having a heart attack. Was well, she in ninja stealth mode? Instantly, like instantly threw out a boom. Uh, she says, "What if you instantly threw out a boom?" Boon for humor, like a like a uh, like a benefit or or something like yeah, a fate point or. Required, but you can reward it on the spot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Oh, uh, I should say, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, the, the treatment I'm sort of thinking about is in the case of if we're using if we're going to use detectives um, as our, the basis for our system, then if you roll well, or if the if the GM or whatever the name of the facilitator and, and detectives is, um, then their treatment of things that go bad for you is like uh, Kristen. There's actually the the name of Kristen's first episode, which is you miss and your pants fall off. Um, you know, like you've got that. If it's a if it's a game that's supposed to be humorous, then you have that gives you latitude to describe things going badly in a quote unquote funny way, which will invariably be sort of slapstick rather than um, well, I mean, maybe not invariably slapstick, but it's more likely to be sort of like a funny, embarrassing type way for you to look to, for you to lose rather than a serious one. And do, do you, do you remember? I, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, that's that's one of the dangers of of, of something like inspectors uh, because there's there's so much uh, there's so much narrative authority that's getting passed around. Mm. Uh, the game has a big tendency to go very, very gonzo. Uh, right. where, where you have, have stuff like that. Uh, and, and, you know, you start going for the cheap laps. Um, right. I think, I think rewarding people for being funny, uh, is, is good. Uh, because, because you want to, uh, it's, it's kind of like taxes, you know, you want, you want to, you want to reward the things that you want and discourage yep. the things that, that you don't want. Um, and 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 that's that's good in in game design in my in my opinion. Right. Uh, it's really hard to try and be funny though. That's right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. I know. And, I know exactly what you mean. And often it's the contrast too, because if you're just like having jokes left, right, and, and center, um, and I don't necessarily mean jokes, but people making witty observations and being amusing. Like if it's if it's all that, then um, often the humor comes from the contrast, right? And if you people are overtly attempting to, to be funny all the time, or try to make it comedic, then like you say, you know, watching three episodes of, of the office at a time, it, you know, it's not, it's not as funny anymore. There's no contrast. Right. right. And, and, and the thing, you know, getting uh, to, to tie it back into big trouble in little China, the right. thing that makes that movie funny is the fact that Jack Burton is ridiculous, yes. but everybody else is, is playing it straight. Yes. Uh, well, exactly. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait, this is, yeah, wings, wings certainly in love and with uh, 
with Miao Yin and wants wants to get her back and and uh Lopan is is genuinely threatening and the three storms are are straight up kung fu badasses. Right, right. Uh, and, and the only hilarious person in this entire thing is Jack Burton. And it's only funny because we're seeing it from his perspective. Right. Yeah, that's the necessity of the, of the you know, you always need the, uh, you always need the straight man, right, to, for, yeah. for contrast, right? You need that, you need that contrast. And if everybody's trying to be amusing, then, then that can, uh, that can, like you say, remove the, or reduce the amusingness of the, of the other people in there. Okay, so we're going to go with detectives. Um, and are we going to go for, for funny or... Uh, you know what I would do uh, if if it, if it were me, um, and and I'm go- I'm gonna go ahead and put my foot down. I would run this probably with some variation of fate, maybe fate accelerated because it's pretty rules light. Yes, uh, rules light system. Uh, but you kind of have that built in uh, that the, those built in dials to, to to you know make sure to get the right. Uh, the right kind of mix of of, of serious and ridiculous. Right. Uh, so so if you you know if you have somebody that wants to play that wants to play the funny guy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you 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 have those aspects that that you can use to to kind of right. kind right. of highlight yeah, yeah. highlight those things. You know, in a yes. ridiculous situation, you yes. know, you can have aspects like. Like black blood, blood of the earth. You mean oil? No, I mean black blood of the earth. Uh, you know they're they're right. they're they're funny lines, but but you you know you kind of have to take them seriously. Uh, yes. And and if somebody has you know an aspect like slapstick sidekick, yes. it's really easy to be like, I'm going to compel you to to you know fire your gun into the ceiling, and and instead of uh, being intimidating. Get, uh, get get drywall dropped on your head and pass right, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disc uh, pop stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, so you you kind of have you 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 have a good way of, of, of yes. I haven't considered that. that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's actually a really good. That's a really effective way to introduce humor into your game. If you have that being an aspect, um, then it's. Then it, it forces the not forces not the right word, but um, it gives somebody a free pass, I guess, to do something like that without it being forced. You know, like it's not a uh, well. Now I've got to try and be funny. You know, you've got parameters with which your character is going to act, and because it's not intended to be funny per se, because it's compelled, then maybe it has the chance of being uh, more amusing as a right. result. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well played, Sean. That's excellent. Uh, thank, thank you, thank you. Sometimes <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing, uh, and uh, and and this uh, this may actually be a good discussion for for uh, a later time, but I think it kind of applies. Uh, I the, should watch it down. The the nice thing about fate is uh, is that the the thing that drives characters in fate is is who they are as opposed to what they do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And think- and that. Uh, when when you're trying to set a tone for for a setting, uh, mm-hmm. having characters who are people that fit in that setting goes a long way. Uh, right. When when you're playing Dresden Files, you you automatically if you if you've read the books or or uh, or are fans of of Harry Dresden in any way, like. 
you automatically put yourself in mindset who would be in this in this world and when you build your character uh you tend to not make somebody that that doesn't fit in that and right. i think that that uh that would also be the case with 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 any fate game once you set up the parameters of that of the setting uh especially if everybody's familiar with it uh it's a whole lot easier to make characters that are just they're 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 going to fit in uh right so is that an actual, is that in some respects then a disadvantage to having uh, a piece of intellectual property as the basis for your game? Uh, I think it can. Uh, it can be a disadvantage it, it, in if you want to look at it that way. Uh, it it's it's going to limit the directions that that I think uh, people are going to take take that game right uh, mm. because you're going to be biased by. Uh, by your interpretation of, of the setting, sure. Uh, if if you're playing if you're playing a Star Wars game, uh, you know you're 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 going to be dealing with stuff that is is already part of that universe, and you're kind of going to be locked in there. Uh, I don't know if that's right. a disadvantage because if you're playing that game, you're most likely playing it because you want to play in that world, and if you want to play sure. in that world, you you want to. You want to have other adventures that, that take place there, but you still want it to be, still want it to be that world. Sure, but if you were to say Star Wars, then people have an understanding of Star Wars. Like it's so pervasive that saying Star Wars, most people could get an angle on it. But if I would say Dresden Files, I've not read the Dresden Files, um, so when I hear Dresden Files, I think. Okay, it's modern magic. It's a little bit noirish. I've got no idea what the magic does um and if i'm going to be casting spells there's no way that i'm at least unless i'm just emulating what somebody else has done there's no way i'm going to be able to do it um i don't want to say in character but um to fit the scenario like i'm going to be describing perhaps an effect that is possible but in such a way that it's jarring to the to somebody that's familiar with the setting uh well in in that in that specific case uh I think you would have a hard time going too far outside of of what would be believable in that setting. The mm. the, the the rules are set up in such a way that uh, it does a very good job of emulating the Dresden Files books, even if you have never read the Dresden Files. Right. Uh, right. I, I was uh, uh, Kristen and I had the had the the the, the pleasure of being on the uh, one of the alpha play test teams right for, for Dresden files and right. uh, we we hadn't read it we hadn't seen seen the TV show even right uh, and we had uh, several people in our in our play test group that that were already fans of it right, uh, right. and aside from from some mechanical stuff which wound up getting changed uh, in the in the final version mm-hmm. they they didn't they didn't have an issue with it not feeling like like Dresden Files. Uh, right. I think I think a well designed uh, licensed game is going to do that. Uh, and I think if you're dealing with something like like Fate, where it, they you know they they put the you know make a game uh, sort of in in the hands of the of of the players, especially with uh, with with Fate Core and Fate Accelerated. Right. Uh, you know, you're you are most likely going to be you know getting together with your your friends and being like, hey, why don't we do this thing that we all know that we're you know that right. we're into? Yeah, uh, yeah, true. 
and and frankly the what hour and a half you know little over hour and a half to uh to sit down and watch big trouble in little china isn't isn't that much of an honest no it's not no that's the that was one of the other reasons why i thought it would be a good a good thing because if somebody was considering um you know doing running a game like that based upon a film then the amount of research you need to do to get the cane on is uh or canon however you like to pronounce it um is minimal minimal um investment in uh, background you may want to do a little bit extra research about um san francisco i mean i remember back in the day when i was um this is oh 20 not maybe not quite 20 years ago 15 years ago 20 years ago just trying to get a map of because i wanted to run a game in washington dc a, a vampire game in washington dc which i was able to do but the amount of time it took me just to get a map or just to get a feeling for what the the mall looked like you know, like all of that stuff, and now you can just go to Google and just like Google oh, yeah. that. So show me San Francisco, show me this thing, and you got this even Street View, and you can see all that stuff. You know, the amount of hours I would have been able to save doing that. So yeah, so watch the film, and then go ahead and check out uh, Google Maps, get a bit of a setting going on, and then what else? Because all the stuff is made up, right? Like you're saying that the myth, myth, um, like it's not accurate to any particular Chinese myths. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. Uh I mean, if, if, if you're going to play in Big Trouble in Little China, just, just watch that, and that should give you, give you enough to at least build on. Uh, right. You know, I, I, think, I think any good, any good game based on, on a setting is going to have blank spots for you to, to put stuff in. Mm. Uh, and, and I think, you know, not, not dealing with the, with the, the canon bits of the movie, but, but just the, the background elements... Uh, should give you give you plenty of that to deal with, right. uh, and and if you want to go the extra mile, look into actual Chinese myths and and mm. and pull that stuff in. Right? Should everybody watch it before playing, or do we want just the the the, the game master or whatever to to, to I, watch it? I I would make everybody watch it because it's a brilliant film, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's a requirement. Uh, but I would I would encourage it. Mm. Uh, to get everybody in the, in the in the right frame of mind for the type of game that they're going to uh, they're going to play, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I we we do the same thing whenever we uh, we we try yet another failed attempt to play uh, Burning Empires. As we we uh, <laughs> we encourage everybody playing to to go buy the comics and right. and read them mm. uh, because part, partly because you know you want to to get the, the the game to feel like the comics because they emulate the comics. So you want to know what's, what the setting is like, but also uh, because they're brilliant in your, in their own right. And uh, sadly, sadly, I don't, I don't hear enough people talking about how awesome right. Iron Empires is. Right. Right. And, and so uh, we seem to have meandered mostly into intellectual property type territory. So before we wrap up then, uh, what is the, because Firefly was for the longest time, at least as I was aware, was the biggest intellectual property that people were thinking, you know, that's got to be, you know, if there's going to be an intellectual property that's going to lend itself to good sales and be a good role-playing game, it's going to be Firefly. What, uh, what's, what's left out there or what are people focusing on now as being? That is a good question. It's kind of whatever's big at the time. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot of... Uh, part, part of me wants to say wants to say DC, but I think, uh, 
I'm not, I'm not sure if, if that's that's going to work out. Uh, the new Star Trek movie. I've 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 seen a couple of of threads pop up on RPG Net about you know I just saw Star Trek Into Darkness and and how would you how would you run this as a game? Right. Uh, I I doubt that there that those kinds of things are, are going to get licensed uh, to to RPGs. I know DC has a deck building game. Yeah. Uh, I would I would really love to see a good. Uh, DC superhero like the 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 gritty realist quote unquote realism that mm. we saw in in uh, the 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 Dark Knight trilogy and uh, right and the new Man of Steel uh, right there's I, I don't know why but but uh, some people don't like the let's bring the superheroes into the real world uh, but I dig it um, yeah so I would I would I would like to see that the the less comic booky comic book superheroes yeah yeah i'm with you i'm with you on that i'm not sure if i said on the show before but um but uh, my favorite superhero uh movie is unbreakable oh, um, that was so good that's like one of the last two good uh m night Shyamalan movies yeah yeah ever made that's right, <laughs> yeah, that's right I, yes. I think it was pretty much that and six cents and then yeah, it never yeah. made anything good again yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen them all, so I couldn't say. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on the on the more real. Um, but anyway, I think uh, that's that's it for uh, for this episode, Sean. So um, it's goodbye from me and goodbye, goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Sean, and until next week, keep talking the walk. Mm-hmm.